0: Also, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast, but this is a special episode. Something I've been doing is late nights with Cody. It still it is what it is, but it's just we come later, we come a bit more aggressive. We bring the truth on It Is What It Is. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, connect with me on all social media platforms. You know what my two favorite plat- platforms are? Uh, Instagram and YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram at cbmk 33 Or on YouTube at YouTube at CB space K. And we're all podcasts. I heard I can't talk today. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, whatever your podcast preference is. We are there. I have an amazing episode. You know what March is? It's International Women's Month. So I like highlighting women influencers, rising stars, power brokers, people that you need to connect with and you need to follow Personally, I have with me Carrie. Carrie, how you doing today?
1: I'm well. I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm I'm doing well. Not too bad for a light skinned bald head preacher. I'm doing all right.
1: He's <laughs> so funny. Carrie. <laughs> okay.
0: So people might not know. Introduce yourself to them. Read your resume. Let them know who <laughs> and whose you are.
1: All right. I'm a child of God, number one. That's whose I am. But um I am an entrepreneur right now. And uh, mainly, what I do is I'm, I'm building my own destiny right now. I'm building a destiny that can can last and last past my years of being here. So, um, with that legacy, I am helping other people grow and build their business as well. So that's one of my main goals. I love helping people, and I love helping people get out their way. So, um, with that said, I do live life coaching um, on Let's Talk with Carrie Jamie on Tuesdays uh, to help talk about different topics that people don't usually talk about or think that is popular to talk about um in addition to that, I'm also a real estate agent here in Atlanta so if anyone's looking to buy or relocate, <laughs> let me know okay. um and um I also have a non-for profit that I'm currently revamping called I'm Pretty too um and I'm the founder of that organization so got a lot of things working and cooking, but all of it points back to me being in a position to help others uh-huh. so
0: Go connect here. Hey, if if my wife and I relocate to Atlanta, I'm calling because I want to get out of Scotland. But uh, let's start here. So um, being a woman, you know, I don't know, right? And I will never speak on a subject I don't know. Uh, But in our conversation, uh, we talked about some very interesting things. Something that you unveiled for me is having identity beyond a relationship or identity beyond love. Mm -hmm. I think traditionally we have, pushed and particularly in the faith marriage and i'm content with that i'm not against it um but it's like identity is only complete when this happens and maybe that's not a truth it's a false truth right uh you can be complete and whole by yourself right so so talk to me like as a woman like you have, have you been pressured in a marriage or like asked, like, I aren't married or like, or, and if you did, you know, like how do you balance that identity? You know, now we're talking about, you know, beyond just changing last names. That was like 20 years ago, you know, talk, talk to us about that identity beyond
1: love. Uh, That's a a great question. So um, I think it's important that you establish who you are before you get in marriage. Um, Also while you're in your marriage that you don't forget, what God has called you to do. I think a lot of times when I mean, identity, when you say identity past marriage, sometimes you get into your marriage and you forget your purpose or you get in a relationship and you're so deep in it that you forget that what you were called to do for yourself. And now you got all this turmoil and you don't know why. And it's probably because you're not really following the will that God had for your life. Um, I, w- I would say that it's it steps to it. And like people, you ask me about being married or whatnot and, what's, and do I feel pressure? I feel pressure only due to my own desires,
0: sure, <laughs> not sure. really
1: like from like my inner circle of my parents or anything like that, but because I know that's what I want for myself. Um, but I do understand that as I look back, that God had a lot of work to do with me. And that's what I mean about certain women. So some people jump into marriage and then it ends up in being in divorce and they're like, you know, why? And and sometimes it's because we didn't do the work before on ourselves. So you get into a marriage, which we heard before, we call it baggage or other things, and now you're destroying it. Like um, I think the Bible quotes it, and I'm going to quote it. Look, Father okay. past, I'm going to quote it incorrectly almost, but they say a wise woman could tear down her own home with her own hands, right? right. So you could come in and an uh, unwise woman probably is the word, but if you're not knowing what you're talking about or how to be a wife or how to be a supporter and and this whole word about being passive and all that, then you could tear up a marriage. So having an identity about who you are and who you're supposed to be within a marriage is crucial before you even get into one. Um, and it's crucial also because, unfortunately, I've known people who've been married 20 plus years and husband come home and say, you know what? I think I want a divorce. And now they were all in this marriage, all into their kids. And now they have no identity now after the marriage because their whole identity was the husband, was the kids. So when you're married, you have to find out what you love too, what, what, what pushes you, what motivates you. And if it's a hobby, that's fine. Whether it's yoga or whatever it is, but you have to have an outlet for yourself. A, because you need to identify your own identity. But two, you don't want to experience burnout. I think a lot of women, and especially married and kids, can experience burnout because they don't have something that they're gravitating to. Everything is always about the husband or the kids and not about themselves. So I'm actually grateful that <laughs> I had an opportunity to go on this journey with myself, to learn who I am, to learn the mistakes that I was making in past relationships and repeating the same things so that when I do get married, I should be A1. You know, I should be ready. <laughs> so... Why
0: why do you think that uh, there is this, it seemed like, one-sided sacrifice? Like, you don't hear, like, uh, men when they get married, like, I can't, well, that's not true. But (laughs) for the most part, traditionally speaking, you don't hear, like, I gave up, I gave up everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that speech and fences, you know, that's an over-dramatization. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, you know, when Dizelle was like, I ain't gonna like you. (laughs) You You know, I don't know. You know, but for the most part, you don't hear men saying, like, Deal with this, this, and this to make it work. You know, that's only in Tyler Perry movies. The reality is, it seems like the woman is always giving and bending so that he himself can go forward. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with it? First of all, it's not fair. So I don't even have to ask so if it's fair. But why is that so accepted and so not discussed?
1: You know, that's a good question. And I think part of it is um we were taught to be nurturers, right? So not only are you a nurturer to your kids, but you're a nurturer to your husband and your significant other. So you're you're taught to submit, you know, and and make sure that they're happy. So I think we kind of embedded to put our happiness aside. Like we're not supposed to be happy, but they're supposed to be happy. And now, you know, some people bring up that, you know, they start to change it a little bit saying a happy happy wife, happy life, because it is important that she's happy. You know. Again, I think women stood up and said, look, I ain't about to be be the only one cooking and cleaning and you just come and just throw stuff around and I don't, you know, so I think people started to speak up, but I think it can come back from way back when, like, I think we were just in, like, breed it to put the man, you know, on this pedestal, whatever you need, you know, and like
0: Oh, yeah, like, Coming to America. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, I, I, know, I don't know why. I just want to like, Coming to America. That, to America. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's my favorite movie. But yes, um, but we were kind of that that mindset. Right. It was there at, at some time. And I think um, as we started to get our own voices, then we got this stigma like, oh, she's an independent Black woman or she don't need. That's not true. I think you can be strong but yet, be able to be, like I said before on one of your shows, but be weak enough to be a good, you know, in your role, play your role. You know what I mean? You don't have to be so independent that you make your man shrink or his pride, but you have to be able to, you know, find a balance between the two. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Can, but... Can,
0: can, uh... Can, or is that something that should be discussed early on? Um, You know, I... I wouldn't know how to date now. I always say if you know if something happens to April, I'd be I'd be I would be screwed. You know, I would have to just literally order my wife on Amazon because I don't know, I just don't know how to you know date anymore. Um I because I'm I'm like I'm at a point now I'd be like, so you know, it'd be like a like a checklist, like so FICO score is what
1: gonna work, you know,
0: you know, like you know, so when uh when should um I guess the exchange between uh, my vision and the other person's vision be discussed, like, cause I'd feel like it's not being discussed or, and it's definitely not being preached about being
1: discussed. I would say within the first week, first couple of dates that you have with someone, you need to make sure that you aligned and that your goals are the same. Um, when I was doing this online dating, like everyone else, and um, I was, that would be my first question. It's like, what do you see yourself in the future? And all these other things, because I need to know. I need to know what, where you're going, because why waste my time? I think a lot of people, you have to want to date intentionally. You have intention behind why you're dating. Some people date, they don't care about what the person got going on. And they just get caught up, you know. But if you really want to be, if you're really smart about it, you want to have those crucial conversations that, I, like I just said mm-hmm. on my last year you want to have those crucial conversations because you can waste your time. If someone is not thinking like you, or they have, like you said, they're not an April to your, to the Cody. Then now you're going to be in a situation where you're incompatible and you, you're not going to be happy. So um, I think the earlier you can get all that stuff out. I mean, like I watched (laughs) the show married at first sight and Mm -hmm. I love it a little bit because they rush everything in the first eight weeks, but it's kind of, you get the hard stuff out the way. Like, you Want to have kids? How freaking do it? There's right. like those are things that you need to ask that people wait years right. to ask? So
0: hey, the new the new season with Chris, he yeah.
1: yeah. OC. I'm like, man,
0: oh I mean, if you wasn't little girl,
1: girl, you should have like man, I was I'm, I'm like, they played a trick on her. She'd be the she need a whole do over. She do. They need to they need to get rid of him,
0: just annul it and get a whole new person. Be like, yeah. Chris? This dude yeah. was OC, man. I he was and iris and keith i i just oh i just that,
1: was, I, that, was that yeah was you I on, was wrong with keith and Iris?
0: yeah that
1: was that <laughs> was
0: wrong with that one that was that was insane i couldn't do it god bless him so so what is what is the hold of so you know we talk about women you know sometimes uh what is associated with uh women you know it's like beauty like there's not a word associated with the male persona right uh, right. What what does it mean? You know, is is beauty a real thing? Is it you know, there's a lot of uh there's always been a push to have a certain look that is not new, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems like it has intensified. Matter of fact, you see, it feels like it's on steroids, like it's on a whole new level. Of just not just advertisement but desire, right? I mean, you see it everywhere, you see it on social media, you see it with the filters, you know. Yeah, I always say, like, now I go to the gym, I can't get to any machine, you know. So why why, you know, I guess start there. Is, Is beauty real? You know, what does it mean to be? How does women feel about their own personal beauty? Uh, and then how does that relate uh into the, the avenues of social media?
1: Um, I definitely feel like beauty is real. <laughs> um, I don't care when nobody say, like, oh, he don't have to be handsome or she doesn't have to be cute. Get to know them, fall in love with their heart. I mean, it sounds good, but at the end of the day, you want to be attracted to someone or whatever. But mm-hmm. it does play a heavy part in our society. And that's why I even started the organization I'm pretty too. It's because people made other people feel that they wasn't pretty because they didn't have a certain look, you know, Oh, you didn't, you're not tall. So you're not pretty or you're not short. So, you know, it's like different things. And I mean, these girls out here are super confused, especially with social media. Like, can I be myself? So I need to look like this person. Oh, I need to put this filter on because now I look like this person, you know? And it's like finding out what's pretty to you and beautiful to you has to happen. And I think, I was talking to someone about how critical it is that we do that to our kids. I think kids, we always tell our kids, oh, you're so cute or oh, you're so handsome. And when they go out into the world and somebody calls them ugly for the first time, you know, now it's like, oh, that's what my mom to tell me now. So now it goes out the window because, of course, mm-hmm. everything your parents tell you, go out the window at one point. And you're like, okay, that's my parents. So if you don't, we don't, as kids, I mean, our kids, we should start trying to have them identify beauty early on for themselves if that's going into the mirror whether it's a young boy or girl and letting them identify what beauty is for themselves because the society is going to pull you in thousands of directions and so if you don't define it for yourself and have a child define it for themselves they're going to be they're, they're going to be confused like kids are now you know they don't know what beauty really is. If it's Kim Kardashian, is it Beyonce? Is it Rihanna? Is it her? Is it this? It's like you keep pulling different directions. And so that's why I love I'm pretty too because it's like I'm pretty too. I'm perfect the way I am, the way I was created. And so you don't have to have so much pressure. You could just, you know, wear your where you hair, hair your hair, how you wear your hair like you want to wear your hair. Do it where clothes you want to wear. And you know, and I think this next generation is being more Forward with that, whether they're wearing blue hair, yellow hair, they don't care. <laughs> they're That's just they you know doing whatever boats their boats. And I, I I like that because it's it, it is about individuality, because what might be attractive to one person is not attractive to the other. And then what if we if we all looked alike, then where's the variation? If we was all the same complexion, and we was all the same height, you know, we was all the same sizes, like God didn't intend for us to all look alike. If He wanted that, we would we'd be looking like aliens. Aliens all Pretty much
0: look alike. Oh, right. You know, big cool. eyes, big heads, that's it, right? And that might be stereotyping aliens. We don't, <laughs> I don't really
1: know. No, you're I think you're
0: absolutely on it. Um uh, I um uh, growing yes. up, it's crazy. I, I growing up, I got teased like heavily in really? yeah, light skin. Yes. But you gotta say this is during the Omarion era. So like okay. You know, like I couldn't, you know, I didn't have braids and my hair wouldn't like curl. I couldn't get waves. I don't care how many times I brush it, I could put a wave cap on, I could put the S Girl kit. I could never get waves. My hair was just like straight when I had it. And I think I, I did so much stuff, my hair was like, look, I'm just leaving and I'm never coming back. So, you know, it's it was crazy, and it developed a lot of like insecurities. And then flip, you get older. You know, President Obama arrives on the scene, and that become and it was like a totally new world, you know, and you uh, know, and now it, it's like, and then when you get into your thirties, you know, like you know, so my wife, yeah. my wife hates when I go to the gym. So, like, you know, it's it's um, it's it's wild that this concept really has no definition, and it's an it's a fluctuating mm-hmm. variable. Then mm-hmm. that's why it should be instilled in everyone because. It's just, <laughs> it's just a matter of time.
1: You're hitting it right on the head because we set the standard every year. I remember when big big butts was not popular. Like girls would hide it; they didn't like having it. Yes. And now it's like you gotta have it. Oh, let me go get injections. Let me go get my. Yes. You know, like Atlanta is. I'm telling I, you. I know. I mean, not like I know. You know not like I know. People, Everyone yeah. know I don't
0: play that. But I'm just saying,
1: like yeah, I remember. Yeah. You know, so people <laughs> are going to the extremes to make sure that they have now what is acceptable and considered beautiful. Right. You know. You know. And and that's and because before in other cultures, beauty was not having none of that. That's they considered true. that to be fat and. Yeah. This and that, but now they're even trying to jump on board getting all these body modifications. And so if you like you're saying, if we keep waiting for someone else to define it for us, we will never have a true definition of it because everybody else will give you the definition. That's true. How do you identify with that? So I was teased too though. I didn't I didn't want to go too far into that, but I was teased for being dark skinned, like Mm-hmm. every day till i got to college and even in college i had some people say some stuff that was out of pocket and um yeah. so it took me a long time to accept my complexion i mean i mean when i say long time i mean like early 30s i, mean, um, I, so- I took you a long time <laughs>
0: my complexion i just now got <laughs> comfortable being me i don't care anymore really? you'd know, you be like i don't care what you say <laughs> and I'm like, i like all right and if and i always say if you know and a lot of that is, is cause I have an amazing partner, but yeah. you know, yeah. if I didn't, you know, would I still have the same feeling? And I think, right. I think to myself, I would be almost like, like now it's just, it doesn't mean anything to me, you know, because I see how just, uh, uh, vain it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the things that we used to, you know, uh, or that was important back in the day. I mean, uh, the type of woman, like you know, it was just really toxic and really vain and grotesque. Um, and now it's like, you know, I I value you know peace, you know. And I'm not saying like I've, I've ascended to this lofty state, you know. That's not true, you know. I'm still a human. I'm still a man. You can ask my wife. You know, she goes through my phone all the time. But I had oh. the same token at the same token. There's nothing. I don't. <laughs> I'm completely on it. I have nothing to hide. And then B, you know, okay. I, I just be admitting, I tell them myself, I'll be like, I did double tap the photo. I did like it. I'm just like, <laughs> you, you know, ahead of time. So if somebody screenshotted to you, you automatically yeah. know. So she ain't gonna ask. You know, <laughs> so. That's good. Um, that's, but,
1: that's good. Transparency. Yeah. we on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I understand.
0: So we were talking about that shift. <laughs> Moving more into the, the economics of it. Um, empowering. Should I stay or should I go? You know, mm. I had a podcast. I had an amazing uh, group of guests. One was a lawyer. Another one uh, was an entrepreneur. Another one was an author. Another one was uh, started her own telecommunications company. I mean, just amazing, amazing women. Mm. And they bring up something that basically the only way that you can achieve true advancement in the realm of economics is through entrepreneurship. Right. Um, And I agree. I agree that corporate America has not evolved to the point uh, that it is really focused on empowering the base, increasing diversity, not as a buzzword, but as a reality. Uh, But I don't know if I'm completely sold. I had a conversation Mm. today with one of my friends. He said, sometimes you don't need, you know, you don't need to start a new company. You need a raise. Right. So, and I, you know, and I kind of pondered on that. It's been kind of just echoing throughout my mind. Mm
1: -hmm. Carrie, why did you go the entrepreneur route? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I always felt like I was a. Wear a peg going into a circle hole. I mean, really. And I, I knew early on in my in my spirit and as a child that I had a different calling. So I didn't know when it was going to happen. But each job that I had, and I, my right hand, I've always had to somebody in that job tell me, "This is not for you. This is not where you're going to be." Like, and if they didn't tell me that job, a prophet would come along my way and tell me, you know, get prepared. You know, God has a des- a different destiny for you. So. I've always knew, like, okay, well, I don't know, and an entrepreneur just was so safe, like not safe, but easy for me because I'm already a leader and I'm already a visionary at heart. And my parents were entrepreneurs, so my mother was an entrepreneur since I was born, and my father, he was, he worked for Corporate America for 22 years, and then he became an entrepreneur, and so they owned property. They were. They had a store where they ran business. I mean, I've seen it all my life. And then we had other businesses, grocery stores in Bronzeville and different things. So I was exposed to it so early on in life that I knew that it was always something that I gravitated to. Um, I would say this though. It is not for the faint at heart. (laughs) Entrepreneurship is super hard. Some days I always dream about going back to corporate America, okay? Because you get comfortable (laughs) with that two week check you know, you get comfortable with like how I was, I was making six figures. So I was comfortable and I had a lifestyle that I love, you know, so to jump from that into a risky situation was not easy, but I had faith. And I my, my journey with entrepreneur is definitely faith driven. I trust God and I trust God with my life. And I will say though, like you said, the guy said, you just said, get a raise. Now, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And if it was a going again to this beauty standard, if everybody was entrepreneurs, then who would help the entrepreneurs grow their business? Oh. Like, at, right at a point, Coca-Cola or any Amazon was an entrepreneur idea, but he had to hire people to be pillars for his company. So everyone cannot be an entrepreneur. You have to find what you love. And sometimes corporate America is the way to go. If it's the way to go, you get raises, you get bonuses, you love what you do, you can be an excellent project manager, excellent whatever, and now you're moving up the corporate ladder. So I don't, I w- I don't always advise it for people. And I think due to, to COVID, a lot of people felt the pressure to pivot to entrepreneurship. And I was just like, it is not easy. This is not you just can't think of a service or a product and think that everybody's going to want it. You know, it's science behind this. You know, Um, I'm actually working on a course with my partner now called Business from Scratch, where we're going to show people how to build businesses. And when they see how in-depth it goes, (laughs) they're probably like, you know what? This ain't for me. You know, (laughs) it's not for everybody, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I say I went into it because I knew it was for me, you know? And I, like I said, I trusted God with that. So I think you have to, you know, tap into that spiritual uh Self of yours, and be like, okay, spiritual self. God, is this really what you want from me? And like I did, I fast about it. I made sure that God gave me the answer for it because otherwise, I mean, you just out here willy-nilling it, you gonna say, hey, you're gonna willy nilly your whole savings out, and you're gonna be one of the people under the bridge, like, can I you got a dollar or a quarter for me? You know, so that's what I'd say.
0: <laughs> what? What would you advise? Um, and I totally agree with you. I think, you know, the shift to entrepreneurship, particularly with, um, you know, COVID, it was like, you know, and a lot of it is because you're almost forced into that situation.
1: Yeah. True. Um,
0: but what, what should be, I guess, the, the, not, I won't say talk track because that's salesy, but I will say what should be the dialogue? uh with uh women uh high school about to go into college like at what point and and this is something that I've I've been thinking about I said I think we're starting off too late you know Mm -hmm. like why did it have to take why did I have to get into my 30s to understand what the move was right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I was you know I I think I'm still physically in my prime but I but I'm not (laughs) 21 Right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 18, you know. So why why wait, you know, why so long? Um you're talking to a group of young women, right? They're about to transition to that college or they're thinking about college. What should be the conversation? Because maybe we're going about it all wrong.
1: You know what? That is that's actually an excellent question. because um, it took me, like you said, a long time. I think uh, it's only been like about five years that I've been straight entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I think that it does start younger. And, it's, and it almost starts with the parent and the parent identifying that their child has a skill that can be monetized. Um, like you have kids that started off with the lemonade stands and different things of that if your parents just to your kids, you will see those soft skills that that you can kind of like nurture or build. And and, they, and then you, now you save your money from them going to college and wasting their time. For me, um, and and I think we all have this, some, depending on how you were raised, your parents kind of build the path for you. Okay, you're going to college, you're going, you're going to high school, you want to college, whatever, get a GPA. And so that's what you're told. So you're kind of like programmed to that. That same that same road, and they don't tell you like, oh, well, guess what? You're good at doing hair. Why don't you open up your hair salon? You know, you're good at doing this. You know, they don't give you those options. They t- they just force you to think that education is the way to go. And I've always said to myself, like, if I when I have a child, that I want to make sure that they do what they want to do. Like, if my child says, you know what, Mom, I love to draw. I want to. I want. Okay, go to art school. I'll invest in your art, you know, your art career. Like if you want to open up your own studio, let's go get you a brick and mortar or whatever. Do you want to teach it? You know, I think it's important that you look at what your parents start first and say, where is my child going? Because you can save yourself a whole lot of money. I mean, it's so many kids going to college, getting degrees and things that they don't even want to. It's not even what they want to do or they're passionate about. You know what I mean? So identifying that passion early on and nurturing that seed versus Forcing what we think we should be doing. Now, I will say this. If your kids have no gifts, <laughs> <laughs> be honest, all right? Ah, if they can't see, don't put them in a choir. Exactly. You know, if, if that's the case and, and not to say gifts, cause we, God gave us all gifts, you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. But if they are not like, don't have a niche or a trait that they can get into, then college is maybe the way build their education and build a skill, because that's what college is intended for to me, is to build a skill. Um, Other than that, it's also for people who know they want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. You have to go the education route. That's just what it is. But if your child, like I said, don't have something that they can just like monetize off of, then yes, they need to go to college so they can learn something, business management, whatever. So even if they go to business and you know they learn business management, maybe that will help them later, like me, I, some of the stuff that I did learn in undergrad and grad school helped me in my entrepreneur career. Cause I didn't, I'm, I'm talking about me. Me is the kid that didn't have any traits. <laughs> you know, my sister knew how to do hair. I didn't know how to do no hair. You know, I was just carry. you know? So me going to college did help me kind of hone in on my skills. So it just knowing the parents have to be able to identify that to me. It makes sense. No, it makes sense. That's a lot <laughs> okay. of sense.
0: Let's do this. Let's play a game called Word Association uh, before I ask my last question. So I'm gonna throw out a name. I'm throw out something. First word that pops to your head. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Ready.
1: Edit this out. Not just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> keeping this part in. <laughs> Not let, let's try it. Uh, Madam Vice Pres, uh, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Powerful. Exquisitely powerful. I like Madam Vice President Harris. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyonce.
1: Entertainment. You said one word, right?
0: Or whatever phrase.
1: Oh, uh, all yeah, right,
0: whatever, one word, but that—that's fine.
1: Yeah, she, um, yeah, she's amazing. I—I I, I can't even lie. She, knowing that she's my age and yeah. the things she's done, I'm like, "Hey, go ahead, sis." Yeah. Meg the stallion. A <laughs> uh, social. Uh, I don't know. Oh God. Talented. She is talented. I will say that. But inter- entertainment. Definitely entertainment for men. Yeah. For men.
0: <laughs> <For> me. that's, <laughs> that's fair. I'll take that. Uh, <laughs>
1: Cardi B. Oh. That's an interesting one. Because um, before I saw one of her shows on Netflix, I would have mm. said a different answer. But after watching it, I saw a different side of her. And I saw the entrepreneur and the talent in her. So, I don't have really nothing I can just say, yeah, talented to me, yeah, I think she's I think she found she found her voice, knew what she wanted to do, and did it. She went from being in a situation that nobody really want a woman to be in, you know, dancing and in that way. people do it, but it's it's a hard industry, okay, mm-hmm. and so she found something she was talented about, and she nurtured it, and now she's killing it, so I just say, you know, talented, smart. Oprah. Oh, well, that's my, uh, I look up to, that's my, that's my role model. So um, role model for sure. Uh, she She paved the way. Um, she She didn't, she didn't take no for an answer. She made her own. That's what I feel like, you know, somebody like my show, I was sitting here waiting like, who's going to give me a show? No, I created my own platform. So, you know, she just, she said, yo, you want to have me do this? I'm going to create my own studio. And I look at her today. I mean, so powerful, unstoppable, definitely you know appear i mean people have their judgments about her and things they want to say that ne- negative about her but regardless she has paved the way for a lot of black women she's a billionaire. come on iconic uh
0: since you live in atlanta mayor keisha lance bottoms
1: oh wow she's history making yes i i love her and i love her direction and the direction she's been taking in atlanta um yeah definitely history making I'm, I'm I'm very proud we did that.
0: <laughs> Last one, Karen Clark Sheard.
1: Karen Clark Sheard. Um, she's she's iconic. Like you said a few minutes ago, that word. Like she she opened the door for a lot of gospel singers and people to you know find that that rhythm and that that voice where they don't have to sound like everybody else. Um, so yeah, I'll say. Paving the way, like most women have been doing for us, African American women. It's true. Let's move
0: to our last segment. Let's talk about faith. So the you you are a woman of faith. You have stated that, and you said your faith is everything. You're praying fast. You've allowed faith to be the cornerstone of your uh, humanity. It is the bedrock, right? Uh, the Christian Someday, faith, here, yeah. faith, let's just be honest, right? Uh, the Christian faith is predominantly. Uh, Women, it's probably about 70% women, 30% men. Maybe you could probably even it out to 60, 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, and particularly in some denominations is definitely as high as 70, 30. Yet you don't see the leadership of right. particular faith um, that high. How can you have a constituency of a certain demographic and very little representation in leadership uh, is there an abuse of power or what should the role of faith and how should it influence women, women uh, going forward?
1: Wow, that's a that's a meaty question. OK, <laughs> well, especially growing up in a church and seeing exactly that. I mean, every time we had a visiting pastor, or minister, it was a it was a male. And when we had women, it was only on Women's Day. OK, that was that was it. Um, and it was so uncomfortable for men to have women in the pulpit. Right. and i was like do you think god only called me men to lead in that in that arena right. you know are we okay to lead over here but we're not okay to lead here you know um uh, i don't know um and i i think that it's just rooted in thinking that in that area that only men are leaders of in that in that way. I don't know why. Um, because every the women that I've been touched by the most were because they were in the pulpit. They were they were leaders in that way. And I and it made me say, Okay, I can be that, or knowing they were evangelists or a prophet or whatever the case may be, you know, um, it was inspiring to me. I look forward to Women's Day. You know, I'm like, oh, get the woman's figure, you know, because mm-hmm that's what you can identify with. I mean, listen to a man every Sunday all the time is great, but women like to also find their identity, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know why you, that's a good question. I don't know why that balance is off like that because you're right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Cody, Help me, you help me dig uh, it. I, you know, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm... I have to
0: think about where I belong, and, you know, uh, no, I, I think that... Um, I think that... Because I know me, you grew up in the church let, me too. Phrase this correctly. let me phrase this correctly. I got to make sure I phrase <laughs> this correctly. I think that uh, men are intimidated.
1: Mm. And I
0: think that... Because there's really no... And, justification and I understand I look I I have the same faith I I read the word I believe in the word of God but there's really no dominance especially when you get into the New Testament and the Bible says in the eyes of Jesus there's neither male nor female right there's no Jesus is the ultimate identity of equality you know Mm -hmm. he erases even you know geographical ethnic anything that would separate humanity he literally tore down the veil I think we're intimidated because it particularly, and and I guess this is more pertaining to the quote unquote black church, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because it's really the only area that the black man is allowed to be successful.
1: Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So,
0: Because the church really is the only Avenue uh, Mm -hmm. without having a diversity and inclusion committee and having to go through EEOC reporting, uh, mm-hmm. that that demographic can actually be humanized mm-hmm.
1: Therefore,
0: to validate his own humanity, it has to dehumanize another. Um, I think it's a sad and I think it's a toxin. and I really think it's the effects of slavery, you know, and mm-hmm. I keep saying like the effects of slavery is so present that when we see it, we don't even recognize it. You know, we just think like, oh, <laughs> oh but it's, it's here. Absolutely. So I, that's what that's what my personal feeling is. You know, I my mother is my she She has two or three degrees, you know, uh super smart. You know, super her her role model is Angela Davis. I've heard Angela Davis speak twice, once at my cousin's graduation, the second time at my school at Loyola. So I mean, I, you know, I strong women don't intimidate me because first of all, I appreciate their humanity and I see them as a strong human that happens to be a woman. I don't put like a separate category and this, oh, this is for women, you know? So, you know, so for me, it you know, I don't, I don't care. I'm not like bothered, you know, but I think for a lot of people, um, because it is really the only Avenue where the humanity can even really thrive. Therefore, that's what you'll keep replicating.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you know you i said, would love to get. i would love to get shout out to those who are in the faith who want who totally oppose that view i would love to get you on the podcast i believe in diversity and inclusion here everybody everybody can be all here if you want to challenge that view hit me up uh, like i i just i just think, awesome. that, yeah. I think that yeah that we I have think to it. yeah we have to look into it and then here's something else i think we have to look into the dynamic of why uh and that's for another episode. Uh, even how relationships appeared,
1: you and know, one of
0: the things. My grandfather, uh, he was honest with me. Like I think you know, people know Bishop Marshall, but I knew Cody Marshall, right? And he was honest. He would share things that a lot of people don't know, and he would talk to me and to avoid a lot of mistakes. And I think some of the reasons why, if I have progressed at all. Uh, is because of his his tutelage and because of the things he he shared with me and even how to go about being a husband, right? So like my wife is not my servant. She's not my, you know, maid. I don't own her. She's I don't even know what she's doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'll play I think she's on the phone with one of her friends. But you know like I I I you know like it's not an issue once you can discuss it. Mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that's the problem. We don't want to discuss it because if we be honest with a lot of these women can out-preach these men. A lot of these women are smarter than these men. A lot of these women have more integrity than these men, and if we really put down a list, a lot of these women should be leading these men, but the problem is
1: it You're is, not- what it is. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't even know. I feel like I got in trouble with that one. No, no I, don't, I don't think, you might have ruffled some feathers, <laughs> but you hit it on the head. I think The biggest thing you said was that that and I didn't think of it that way. That's the only safe place for a black man not to be really challenged. And he's praised because think about it. Most people, most pastors are like untouchable from the arm bearers to the deacons, whatever. So they feel right. They feel secured and they are admired. I mean, it's heavy. So I don't know if anybody would want to give away that type of power. Seriously, like. Like you said, I mean, I think that you just hit. Oh, you get because I was talking to a girlfriend not too long ago. I thought I had watched the movie um, American Skin.
0: Yes. Think, yeah. With Nature. Yes. Oh, yeah. The movie made me mad.
1: <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Mad. And I was fearful to have a son after watching it. I was like, oh, my goodness. Where can a, a black man be safe? If you're not safe in your community, because now people want to kill you or you want to get it, gotta be in a gang or whatever, you're not safe if I take you out of that community and I put you around people who don't look like you, because now they're like, why you're in my neighborhood, let me let me hunt you down. You know what I mean? And then you're not safe because of the police. You can't even drive your car, you can't even have a nice car, you can't even do certain things because the police are now looking at you a certain way. It's like, where can you be safe? And you're never not, you know, you're not safe in corporate America. So it's like where can a black man really be safe? And you just said it in the church.
0: In the church.
1: In the church. So and that's
0: what we have. It is what it is. Because we get real on this show. Carrie, you have been amazing. Where can the people connect with you? How can they support you? How can they follow you? Support your businesses. I know you're in the ATL. Where can they follow you?
1: Well, you can always follow me at Carrie Jamie at on every platform. I believe on Instagram, it's just Carrie underscore Jimmy. But that's my name on uh, Instagram. I'm on YouTube. You can go catch some of my episodes on Let's Talk with i Jamee. Um, again, I air every Tuesday night at 730 Eastern Standard Time. So for those central people, that's 630 your time. And um, I, I, you know, just you can just watch me on there. That's where I'm at. Um, WW.KeriJamee.com.
0: Yes. Y- y'all go support carriage me follow her on instagram youtube facebook watch her stuff via youtube because facebook not paying right now watch <laughs> her stuff subscribe to her page yes, visit her funny. website and if you're <laughs> looking for a home select her as a realtor yes. support get supported you know how you want to keep supporting this podcast you know what you got to do subscribe to the youtube page below youtube is cb space k and we're all anchor Podcasts. i heard and as always, you can support in a plethora of ways. Just throwing that out there for anybody who wants it. Carrie, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate my fans and, and watchers and listeners watching this. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Bye. Hey, what's up, everybody? You like what you saw? You're entertained. You're informed. If you want to keep seeing amazing content? Subscribe at the link below. YouTube, CV space K. You connect where all podcasts are streaming. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Connect with me. I want to connect with you. Let's enjoy the ride.